Welcome to the GT Counter Podcast. My name is Tyler Edsel. I will be one of the hosts of this podcast and joining me as he always will, my co-host, Grayson Winters, also doing business as the Gray Man. G, what you got for me, dog? Oh, you know, not a whole lot, man. We're we're happy, we're excited to be here. It's gonna be a gonna be a wonderful event. We got a got a lot cooked up for everybody today, so uh I'm excited to excited to get into it. You know, football's right around the corner. I think we're all excited to to get into this uh this uh time of the year, you know. We made it through the summer. We made it through the the dead time. We're here. We did it. It seems like it's uh it's getting hotter for some reason though. You know, you thought the summer is coming to an end, we're bringing on the fall and it doesn't want to the heat down here doesn't want to stop, so. It doesn't feel like football weather out oh, here. No. That uh that astroturf something serious this time of the year. That's for sure. That m- melting cleats right there. That's what that is. Oh man. Shoot. <laughs> All right. So getting into it, we have a robust agenda today. Uh, starting off, this is just a little one-off here. We'll kind of introduce what we're doing here with the podcast, kind of what we're going to be about. Then we'll get into the agenda. We'll hit the weekend recap. We'll hit the main event. I've got a little rant. I'm going to have to get on the soapbox for that. And then we'll hit it with some odds and ends and get out of here. So let's go ahead and lead off into it kind of you know we have to kind of explain what we're doing here so for me the podcast is real simple it's a great place to just get my takes off rather than just being on twitter all day we talk about this stuff anyways so i mean it's no different for us now we're just recording it with a microphone in our face so i'm really it's just going to be a good platform for us to kind of get our takes off get on the record with some things and you know, maybe look smart every now and again. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll look bad with some takes, but yeah. you know, it happens to everybody. Right. St- Stephen A's got some bad takes too, but it worked out just fine for him. Just so, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh, but, uh, gee, what do you want to get out of this, Doug? I think that we're going to be we're going to be putting out takes that other other like podcasts aren't going to be really putting out. You got all these guys that are kind of. To, to say the least, guys that just spend so much time focusing on certain stuff. And I think we're just here for the the vast majority of you guys that watch football that aren't studying hours and hours of film and studying the news and stuff like that. You don't have time to sit there and w- do it for a full living 40 hours a week. We're going to fill you in with information that you guys actually care about and what actually matters rather than giving you the BS of what happened and what happened yesterday in training camp, you know, like – we did that. That's just not important to us. Training camp report, training camp report. <laughs> yeah. This is not the, uh, the film watchers podcast. That is for sure. We're going to, we're going to get our takes off. We're going to have fun and we're going to enjoy what we do. And uh, I can't wait to bring it to the listeners. It's going to be a good time. With that being said, let's go ahead. Let's hit the recap. All right, great, man. A lot of things that happened this weekend, you know, some preseason football. We had some golf. A lot of play. A lot of uh, playoff push baseball going on. What stood out to you from the weekend that was? You know, I'm a I'm a big NFL guy. I uh, sat down, watched a couple of really good preseason games, or at least a couple of good first and first and second quarters. Because I'm not watching the. Uh, I'm not watching some of those later guys get into the game. No offense to you, but if we don't care for the undrafted yeah. guys, we, we just don't Yeah, I'd love to see a good battle for a spot, but I mean, I'm just not watching that fourth quarter. I'm sorry. Uh, a couple of things that really stood out to me, uh, basically in preseason is 
I was watching that that Texans game, and I think a big thing that stood out for me is they went and went out, drafted this second round quarterback in CJ Stroud, and I just don't think this guy is 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 a dude. I think he's a bust. And whoa, I know, I know. Uh, genuinely, and in the all the uh, all the big podcast guys, they're all pushing for the narrative of. He doesn't have a good offensive line and he's, he's young and he's only played five drives. Uh, he scored three points in five drives in preseason, three, three points in five drives. This guy, and he scored. Is that good? He scored three points because of a rough in the passer penalty. They got put down on the, on the two yard line and he gets a delay game penalty. I mean, the guy, guy is just, he's not that guy. I think it's another year for uh, those Texans fans to, who believe that they have this all-star defense, which I really think that the defense is probably fairly legit this season, but they're going to be on the field far too much for it to, to really matter. Um, I just don't think that offensively coming in, you got a bad offensive line. You got a not a very good quarterback. He's a good quarterback, but he's a rookie. doesn't really know what he's doing. And you got a head coach that's a former linebacker in the league when – you know, the NFL is offense, 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 not defense. So it's uh, not a great recipe down there, is it? Some more stuff, but I'll I'll throw it back over. It's not, not at all. I'll, uh, I'll throw it back over to you. All right. Well, that's, that's as, that's a spicy take. I like that. First take right out of the box. And we're declaring the second overall pick a bust. I love it. I love it. Um, so this weekend, I actually spent a lot of time watching some golf, uh, as I tend to do, you know, they're getting down to the end of the season. I'm kind of checked out of all the sports, you know, Rangers are on a bit of cold streak these days. Really don't care about the preseason. College football is not here yet. Next weekend it will be, but we're not there yet. So yeah, I spent some time watching some golf and the uh, the PGA Tour was out at uh, Olympia Fields in Chicago, and it's hard, hard golf course. I saw that they went there the COVID year in 2020. And the winning score was like four under par for the, the four days, which, like, tough. Yeah, for those pro Conditions guys, are tough yeah, out that's, there. That's not a hot score. Yeah, that's, that is tough. So... I was watching this weekend and, you know, Scotty Scheffler being a DFW guy, you know, a lot of interest around here for him. And, uh, but you know, I'm just, I'm kind of out on Scotty. So to see, uh, see my guy, Victor Hovland go out there and shoot maybe the best nine holes that I've ever seen in my life was the most impressive thing I saw this weekend. It was it was borderline a spiritual experience, Grayson. It, it was almost man spiritual. had uh, seven birdie putts within nine feet. Come on, how can you uh, how can you beat that? He, I can't get. He made twelve threes. Twelve threes. I, mean, I can't get one three in eighteen. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying it's tough. You was but, uh, uh, nine so I'm, for greens and regulation. I mean, that's that's outrageous. You know, on the on that back and, nine, he had nine for nine. It was just, it was so good. And I walked with Victor at the Colonial here in Fort Worth. I walked with him all 18 holes on Sunday. May have been a bit financially invested in him, but that's neither here nor there. 
And uh, so I walked with Victor, who played with the eventual winner, Emiliano Grillo. But like, it's just different coming off his, like whenever he swings, it's just different. It just is so high in the air off the driver. It, the dude is insane. And I know that the Ryder Cup's coming up in a, in a few weeks. And, you know, of course, we would love to see the Americans oh, yeah. win. I mean, who would we be if we, if we weren't supporting the Americans? But my guy Vic's going to be a problem. He's going to be a certified hey, problem. So uh, him, uh, love to see him close out a, close out a round for, for once. He's uh he's usually really good in all these majors for one, to two, the first two days, first three days. And one of those days he just throws up a number where you're like, how did you go from first to last? It's, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what we get out of Vic in the future. Oh. I, I might, you know, we'll, we'll cover this as we get closer to, you know, the Masters next year. But I think Vic might be in line for a major next yeah. year. And he's a big OSU boy. Go Pokes. Come on. Hey, go Pokes. Go Cowboys. All right. Good stuff there on the weekend recap. Stay tuned as we do some episodes once we get into our routine. We'll hit the weekend recap early in the week. We'll hit the weekend precap late in the week. Kind of get you set. Set the table, if you will, G. We'll set the table for the viewers. So, uh, all right. After this break, we will get into the main course, the main event. Let's do a football roundup, huh? Perfect. All right, let's go. All right. Here we go into the main event, the football roundup. We'll touch on the professional game first since, you know, the majority of the interest is in the NFL game these days. Although we college fans, we're getting some movement now. You know, a lot of college fans out there, but we'll, we'll stick with the NFL first. So, all right, G, I'll let you lead the discussion here. What's on your mind? Tell me about tell me about what you're liking so far in the NFL season. Maybe some topics, some standouts. Tell me what you're thinking about. I think the first thing I want to start off with is I've been big on this whole, on these quarterbacks, and I think an uh, interesting topic for us is uh, Baker Mayfield winning that that starting job out in out in Tampa. I think uh, there wasn't much competition in the uh, in the works. It was two bad quarterbacks fighting for a, fighting for a gig. Um, yeah, you feel bad for that uh, – Tampa Bay and you feel good if you're uh if you're an NFC South other team, you know. I got the Atlanta Falcons are looking good. Uh Saints are looking good. I mean, I'm I'm not much of a Derek Carr guy, but you know, I worried about uh, you're just jaded as a Raiders fan, uh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh It's a bit of a pillow fight down there in the NFC South, isn't it? Oh man, they, not really any strong teams. It's a little tough, a little bit of a pillow you fight. You seen the uh, you seen the strength of schedule down there though? They're saying I got a lot of I got a big feeling that you got two NFC South teams making wild card, making one make it win in obviously, and one win in the wild card. They're on down there. I mean, the hardest teams they play on the schedule. Best quarterback either one of those two teams are going to see Falcons and Saints. Best quarterback they see Trevor Lawrence all season. He's a guy, but that's that's a tough yeah. look. You don't get you don't see Mahomes, you don't see Burrow. They might be crowding them a little bit. We might have to speak with Raj about some soft scheduling down there. Is it there. gonna be uh even more embarrassing if if they don't pull two teams out of there? Is that 
Is that called? That's the thing. We might have to put the whole. We might have to put the whole division on uh, the death panel. We'll have to start up a death panel for the NFC oh, South. Man. They're, uh, it's gonna be. A- All right. What's next? What you got for me? I got you with the big time thing about these late round rookie quarterbacks. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go into a to a stat line with you. I'm gonna read off about four four different stat lines for you, and I'm gonna give you a little. Want to see what guesses you got on these on these quarterbacks? I love a good guess to player. Hit me with so it. I got. I'm going to go two first round quarterbacks. So I'm sure we can guess. We might. We'll probably. I mean, you're probably gonna be able to guess those two. And we got two sixth round QBs in the works. So I got first quarterbacks passing yards, 56 total yards, seven completions, 12 attempts, a 58.33 completion percentage. No touchdowns, no interceptions. It's not very good. No. Quarterback number two, 73 passing yards, nine completions, 16 attempts, 56% completion percentage, and an interception. Mm. I got quarterback number three, 113 passing yards, 13 for 15, 86.67 percentage, completion percentage. And I got quarterback number four, a whopping 304 passing yards, 26 completions, 36 attempts, 72% completion percentage, and three tutties. So I feel like you're tricking me there with quarterback number four. Door number four, I mean, I don't think your top guys are throwing the throwing the pill that much in the preseason, so I'm going to say that that's not the, uh, the early round quarterbacks there. <laughs> I think uh, we'll, 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 we'll save that one as the sixth round okay. player. That's it. Um, top top two guys. What are you thinking? We had the fifty six passing yards, seven completions, twelve attempts, and we got seventy three passing yards, nine completions, sixteen attempts. Oh, I mean, is Bryce Young one of those guys? I don't know if he's throwing the rock. Bryce that Young much. is one of those guys. Bryce Young has got fifty fifty six okay. passing yards, seven completions, twelve attempts. So pretty. Pretty small, small sample, sample size. size. But... He only had a he only had a drive or two in his preseason game this past week. Uh, C.J. Stroud is is that other guy? Ah, I see where you're going on your take now. I, I see, see it. Yeah. I see the vision. C.J. Stroud's that other guy. Now that bottom quarterback, number four, three hundred and four passing yards. Uh, a Mister Aiden O'Connelly from Purdue. I was gonna say that's your boy. My boy. He's about to – Jimmy G better not get hurt because that man's taking the realms, okay? He's taking it on. And the other quarterback, uh, 113 passing yards, uh, 86.67 completion percentage. Pretty pretty crazy from this guy. He's actually fighting for the third spot at quarterback out in Chicago. We got a Tyson Badgett. Division is – that, Is that Mr. Mr. D2? Mr. D2. On the Harlan Hill? Gosh, we love to see our boys represent in the big show. Love it. Could not be me, but (laughs) we'd love to see it. Oh, no, I absolutely feel that one. Yeah, no, love to see uh, these late-round guys really just just pulling through. Love to definitely see a a Division II guy coming through and making it on on the big stage. That is that is what's preseason is that is what preseason is for. You gotta go out there, you gotta dig it out of the dirt, go win your spot. Love to see it from our guy over there from Shepherd. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. 
you know, we need to see more from the top guys, though. I I doubt they'll play in the last preseason game, which is a bit of a shame because we're going to go into regular season without seeing them for what they are. But I want to see a little bit more, especially from Stroud. We need yeah, a little bit more. Definitely. And he's, and the thing that's really been bothering me in the press is them talking about how this quarterback and the quarterback situation between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and how their offensive lines are so bad and they're not getting any time to throw the ball. And nobody was complaining when Joe Burrow was like that. Joe Burrow got led the league in sacks, still took his team deep in the playoffs. You know, he doesn't – Got his knee blown out year one because his dudes couldn't block yeah, for him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, nobody – you never saw anybody yeah. giving him giving him the, the pat on the back, the – you'll get them next time tiger speech, you know, it's not, not ideal. Um, you know, and there's a thing with these Ohio state guys when they're coming out and I know fields kind of has battled it as well. It's, you know, are they a product of the system? And, you know, granted these guys, when they get drafted high, they're not going to the greatest places, not going to an established kind of culture, but, it's not a good look for the Ohio State guys, you know, and Fields, I get it. He's primed for a leap this year. I'm excited to see him play, but it's not a good look. I mean, maybe I'm missing one, but I can't think of a great Ohio State quarterback coming out in the last few years. And Fields obviously has a chance to to turn that script around. And but, he played really well. You know, you're one of – At the end of this past season, he's yes, turned it yeah. on. And he was on a team with very limited receiving core and getting DJ Moore is going to – going to help that's the thing like what are we gonna this is the first true year that we can judge fields and i know we were on the late round rookies here but mm. like i'm just giddy to see it oh. we got to give these rooks some some tools to play with in the toolbox so that we could truly give them a, a fair assessment of what oh, they absolutely. are absolutely so be better be better losing teams yeah. come on be better i got a. all right I what's got, next i got a big thing out in denver you got Shaden Payton's gone over there. He's taken the realms. And I think that – and there's a lot of talk about Russ having a bad season last year, Russ this, Russ that. The big thing for me last year is Russell Wilson was this big mobility guy, big mobile quarterback. He could get out of the pocket, evade stuff, do the stuff that Patrick Mahomes has been doing for the last two, three years now. That was Russ at Seattle, and Russ last year was not that guy. And coming into this, into this preseason – They've talked big about Russell Wilson's dropped 15 pounds. He looks more athletic than he's ever looked during the uh, during the year. You uh, you think he'll have a he'll have his bounce back bounce back season? Or I'm excited to see what they do with Sean Payton. We all know Nathaniel Hackett was a complete joke of a head coach. I mean, if you can't even make it through your first year, then you're you're seriously bad at your job. I'm sure he's a fine guy. Obviously, his guy Rodgers loves him. He's back in the Jets, back with his guy Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we heard the we heard the press clipping about Sean Payton, basically saying that you know we're doing the op the complete opposite of what this coaching staff did last year here in Denver. Mm-hmm. And you know Rodgers took offense to it, and it was it was great content. Don't, be, don't get me wrong, we love the content <laughs> here, but you got to back that up. You got to back that up, and I. On one hand, I refuse to believe that Russ was as bad as he was last year because there was a lot going against him. You know, injuries. He's got an anchor of a head coach. No real weapons to speak of, although I do love Jerry Judy. 
Um, I'm excited to see what Sean Payton does with him though. I'll give him, I'm willing to give him this year to figure it out, but if it doesn't happen this year, it's not happening. I'm not completely, uh, Broncos, Broncos country needs to ride. It needs to ride now. Absolutely. I'm not sold on him yet, but I think I can be, I can be sold pretty, pretty quick. I know the old Russ. I think Russ is a good quarterback. I just think last year we had not the usual Russell Wilson that we're all, we've all come fond of, you know? So I need to, how old is Russ? Let me, let me look. This is great audio, by the way, but let me, we need to figure out how old Russ is because that, that will, he's 34. Okay. We're getting, we're getting towards the end here. So maybe it's a, you know, a little late seat, late career bump. We've seen that happen multiple times, maybe not for the mobile guys, but I think his game can evolve enough to where he can kind of age gracefully more so than he did last year. Will he be the prime Seattle guy? Probably not. But I think there could be some whiffs of that guy in there still. I'm excited to see it. Sean Payton's Sean Payton is comfortably a top 10 to 15 coach in the league. And Nathaniel Hackett was comfortably the worst coach in the league last year. So I'm excited to see how that difference comes out. And I think we'll know pretty early. Oh, I think by the time week four, week five rolls around, I think we'll know what Denver oh, yeah. is. So I'm excited to see Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm going to jump into a, another quick one for you. I want to hear a little bit on you and the Jets this year. I know they're the they're the hard knock guys. Um, not a huge fan. Haven't been a huge fan of Russell or shoot. Haven't been a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers in his career. Uh, sorry, we were talking about Russell Wilson. I got a got a little bit of money there. Uh, been talking about Aaron Rodgers a lot, and you know I haven't been a huge huge fan of him throughout his career. I've seen a lot of bad, he's has a lot of bad publicity on him and I've watched a little bit of this hard knocks and he's coaching up Zach Wilson, getting onto these guys, getting, he's, he seems like he's a, a good teammate, probably a better teammate than he is a member of the family, but a good teammate. Nonetheless, you got any, uh, any thoughts on the jets this year? I'm conflicted. It's, my history is out there with Rodgers. I'm not a Rodgers guy like yourself. Um, I think he's a bit of a diva, to be completely honest with you. And maybe part of that was just that he was unhappy in Green Bay for whatever reason. Uh, clearly, he had multiple reasons that he was unhappy, and that's why he's a Jet now. He's on the uh, the far path of <laughs> Packers to Jets to Vikings. Yeah. So let's hope he doesn't go into the public welfare scams as well. But anyhow, <laughs> allegedly. Um, if I had to lean one way on the Jets, I'd lean towards underachieving. I just, we saw this group of players last year in Green Bay. We saw Rodgers, we saw Lazard, we saw, uh, what's his name? Uh, Cobb, the receiver. We've seen these guys together. Randall Cobb, yeah, thank you. Uh, We've seen these guys together for the past three to five years, and we haven't really had great results. They made a championship game a couple of times, but we saw their ceiling. And now they go to the AFC, which is by far the hardest conference in football. They're probably not a top four team in the league. They're not the best team. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, so you're automatically trying to maybe they challenge the Bills. I don't see it, but maybe. So let's just say. Like, conservatively, you're fighting for a five seed and you get to go on the road all playoffs? I'm just not buying it. I think they'll be feisty, but their schedule's tough. They start off – there's a real, real possibility they start off 0-2. 
with home to the Bills at the Cowboys. It's it's a tough scene. I I'd lean towards underachieving, but I have I have been against Rodgers before many, many times, and many times he makes me look foolish, except for last year. So we'll see. This is kind of a this is the inflection point. Kind of like kind of like Russ, it's it's now or never. So we we gotta see it. I think a, a big worry for that Jets team is gonna start in that start up front with that offensive line. I know um Mikai Becton, they're talking about hey, he's not gonna be ready week one. Um meanwhile, they don't think he's gonna be ready for week two either. So facing that that Cowboys defense that's talking about Micah Parson coming off the edge, Demarcus Lawrence, and I know they talked a lot about LVE starting to play a little bit of that edge rusher position as well, coming off the edge, playing linebacker as well. So it's Dan Quinn's uh, defense could have their way with that that Jets offensive line in, in week two. You know, the thing that's concerning about bringing up the Jets O-line, I mean, we've experienced that being in the trenches, you know, going through the camp grind. A lot of times the coach will just bring something up just to kind of light a fire under your ass and be like, all right, we haven't had good pace. We haven't had a good intensity. We just need to pick it up a bit. That thing from from Robert Sala did not feel like that. It felt like more of a like, hey, we need to like go soul searching a little bit. I don't know what what your read on it was, but it's it's not exactly what I want to hear from a group of guys who is protecting a forty year old guy who's been really really injury prone yeah. the last few years. Mm-hmm. So I I. The Jets, I think, they're volatile, man. I could see it going either way. I do. Would you be all that surprised if they went ten and seven, made the five seed, and then, you know, they get the AFC North winner? Let's say it's a an average Ravens team. Like, there's a path there, but you could also see them starting off zero and two. They never recover, and then they just end up kind of that middling eight and nine, nine and eight, and it just doesn't happen. So I'm interested to see how they start. They can start 0-2 and I'll feel fine about them, but it's about how they look because those two teams that they're playing are – one of them is a bona fide contender and another one is a team who's made the playoffs, what, three out of the last four years in Dallas. So I'm interested to see it. They're, they're another interesting team. I agree with you. I got uh, two more teams for you to, to talk about. Let's, uh, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, everybody expects – these big seasons out of uh, out of Dallas, Weedham boys, you know, those guys, we're winning the Super Bowl, we're back. I mean, they're like Texas, they're never back, okay? Um, sorry, that's all. <laughs> yeah, you're touching on the heartstrings there. Uh, no, I want to uh, – let's, let's get into the Cowboys. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll go ahead and just preview this for whenever we go to our stake, stake your claim segment here after we get done with this. Um, I'm out on Dallas, man. I'm out. I just can't do it anymore. I mean, here's the thing. Kellen Moore leaves. You replaced him with Marty Schottenheimer, I think. Mike McCarthy's going back to Colin Plays off of his Diddy's menu. <laughs> I, I've seen Big Mike call plays. We don't want that. You you limit Dak's weapons. Now, granted, I think Brandon Cooks is a great signing, but you lose Dalton Schultz, who was one of his top targets. So now your tight end room's looking a little thin. You've got injuries you got to deal with. Tyron Smith is a fragile person at this point. I mean, I know he's one of the 
strongest humans in the world, but let's be real. He hasn't played a full season in five years. And you've got a lot of youth out there. The running back room is a little bit thin, although Deuce Vaughn is, I love Deuce. Deuce is a, Deuce is going to be fun, but do I have faith that the Cowboys will use them right? No. And the defense can only do so much. You can only, just like the 49ers game last year in the divisional round, great defensive performance, and you lose, what, 16-13? Like, come on. I I just think we've seen this team's ceiling, and I think we'll probably see it again this year. They'll probably sneak around for a wild card spot because them and the Eagles are relatively similar and in, in talent level. You'll the Eagles are probably a little bit, a little bit more talented to them, but I mean they've went out and done it. They've proved that they are the more talented team. So, you know, I'm, I'm just not there with Dallas. I'm stocked down on the Cowboys this year. Yeah, I'm, I think the Cowboys defense are going is going to be uh, going to be really good, uh, as as I mean expected probably. And I think the offense is going to leave a lot desired. I don't think Dak is that. Uh, is that guy? I don't think. Uh, I think the running back situation is a uh, is is not in a terrible position. I know you, it is a little bit thin with with two running backs back there. Um, have heard a little bit of a little bit of a uh, talk through the the grapevine about Jonathan Taylor coming over to the Cowboys. Um, they're talking they're talking first round pick, and I don't see don't see Jerry Jones giving that up for. Uh, if you give up a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor, you should be fired on the spot. Continue. Uh, but I think that uh, the offensive the offense is going to be the offensive line is going to be fine if they can all stay healthy. Uh, Zach Martin gonna get his fine waved hopefully for for sticking out all those weeks. Um, is he, They'll work something out. Is I'm he sure. Going to be in shape by game one. I guess we'll I guess we'll see if anybody knows about that offensive line shape by game one. We. We definitely do. Uh, Here's the thing. Here's how I will phrase the Cowboys season. Would you rather have Dak and Mike McCarthy, or would you rather have Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell? Because I know where I stand on that, and it's not with Dallas. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's uh, let's move into one more one more team, and we'll we'll get moving into something else from here. Uh, final team for the day. I want to talk about uh, Tennessee. I know uh, a team that's been predominantly led by the king himself, Derrick Henry. Um, have seen a lot of a lot of good stuff out of this out of this rookie running back from Tulane. Uh, Tajay Spears has looked. Tajay Spears, uh, yeah, he's looked really good in this uh, in preseason. I mean, he's looked he's looked good. Um, they're saying Malik Willis is one that. Won that starting spot over, over Levis. Um, don't know how much how much faith I have in him, but was Tannehill still oh, there? Yeah, Tannehill is still there. So that's the, got well, it's good that Willis is the two though. Willis has to play a yep. little bit. Yep. Oh shoot, I forgot that. I thought I don't know why I thought Tannehill was gone. That's a. He might be. I mean, the dude is injury prone. He can't make it for a full a full month even at this point. He's so he's definitely there. I guess. I, I guess my thing that I'm confused with on Tennessee is what are we doing? Like we're we're dedicating ourselves to being stuck firmly in the middle here. I mean, you you didn't get off of Henry before. I mean, before it was time to trade him. 
I mean, now before it's time to go, like you might get one or two more good years out of him, but that dude is huge and he has taken a ton of beatings. There's no Ty J Spears is awesome. I still have the visions of here just of him just rumbling over USC in the Cotton Bowl. How many? Uh, but, how many years? You- I mean, we're just we're just dedicated to the middle. I just don't like it. I like Vrabel, but I just can't get there with I, them. I think that they don't win the. Uh, I don't think they're going to win their division. I think that that's probably uh, going to be uh, going to be a Jacksonville thing, and I think Trevor Lawrence has got a good shot of uh, of taking that division. Speaking of the how coaching affects the team, you get Stinky Herb out of there and you replace him with a competent Doug Peterson and they immediately make the playoffs and then beat an also incompetent coach in the Chargers and Brandon Staley. And, I mean, competency matters. Yeah. And the Jaguars are that. And the Titans are a well-run organization. They're just they're just stuck in the middle. You gotta you gotta commit. You either gotta go all in. Or you gotta fully reinvest, and I think they need to fully reinvest there. It's just you're stuck. You're stuck. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Let's uh let's move into our NFL teams to win and NFL teams to potentially be the number one pick for Caleb Williams. What are we? Yeah, a little high low. Who do who are we high on? Who are we low on? So I'll kick it to you first. I'm I'm real interested to see where you're at on this. Give me. Give me the team you're high on this year. I think AFC-wise, I think that this year is got to be Bills Mafia. I don't think that uh, – I think the Bills are, are tired. Josh uh, Josh is hungry. He wants to get this – wants to get a win. And I think that it's uh, it's going to be a Bills years in the AFC. And that's uh, that's hard to say coming from a, coming from a big-time Raiders fan. So – yeah, you know, they're they're a well-run program up there, though. And I don't buy any of the thing with Stephen A. saying that Diggs wants out. I'll believe it when I see it. They're they're a really, really good team. They have a great home field. I'm, I agree with you. I like the Bills. I don't know if I like them more than the Chiefs, but I like the Bills. The Chiefs are obvious. The Chiefs are, the Chiefs are my top three. I mean, the top – I think I – think- you, you can almost take the AFC and just separate it out by – Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, and then the rest. And I think it's a far more interesting conference that way. <laughs> that's uh, those are my top three. I have uh, I have noted down Bills, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs. That's a uh, yeah. I think pencil them in. I did see Sharpie, I have, uh, Sharpie. I have seen a lot of stuff talking about that. Everybody thinks the uh, the Chiefs are going to have their going to have a down year. They're going to they're going to win the AFC West, but they're not going to win by the margin that they've been winning. Um. Maybe maybe pull a maybe pull a twelve and five, uh, you know something something around there. They're not going to have a an amazing amazing season. I, I mean, I can see it, but at the same time, if you tell me that Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, he, and insert their leading receiver X there are healthy by the time they get to the playoffs, I I don't know who I'm picking over them. I love some Joe Burrow. I love some Bengals, but. To be the king, you got to beat the king. And I know the Bengals did it a couple years ago, but we don't carry over playoff wins from year to year. We need to see it. So I'm excited to see the Bills, Bengals, and the rest of the crew take their shot at it. 100%. All right. I will kick things off on my end with a – we'll go stock down. And I kind of teased it earlier. We'll we'll take Dallas. They're 
incompetent organization. You have a good quarterback, but you know the coaching staff is a bit questionable, to say the best. After Kellen Moore leaves, you've got Big Mike, Colin Plays. Great defense. Micah Parsons is a front-runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Trevon Diggs just got paid. Good program over there with Dan Quinn, but I just got to see it again. And until proven otherwise, I do not have faith in the Cowboys. I will take stock down on the hometown Cowboys this year. I'm kind of out. Not to mention big special teams problems with the kicker. Going to have to be keeping an eye out on that one. Brandon Aubrey is apparently had a one for six day. I know we're not camp people. Apparently had a one for six day kicking field goals in camp the other day. So, man. Just just keep in mind, winning around the margins, that's what it's about in the NFL, and I don't think the Cowboys are both what to was do that, that. Uh, What was that Dallas kicker back in the back in the early, early uh, 2010s? Is it, uh, is it Nick Folk? Dan Bailey. The, the, he, it was before the 2010s, before Dan Bailey. It was, it was. I, oh, I yeah, I think it is Nick Folk. I was at a, uh, I was at a preseason game. Watched him, watched him miss two extra points and two field goals to uh, send us to a preseason tie against the Vikings at the old, the old Cowboy Stadium before they, before they blew that thing up. I think it's a shopping mall it, now. We might have to go do a live pod out there. One I'd day. love to do one at Texas Live. Let me tell you, that place is. Oh man, get us out on location. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to find some sponsors for that. Some- but right, hit me with. Hit me up with another team, another player you're interested to see. Stock up or stock down? Let's hear it. I'm going to go stock down, and I'm talking the Arizona Cardinals. I think uh, Kyler Murray missing a couple uh, a couple games is going to be a little bit of an issue for them, and I think just in general they are not a uh, not a good not a good football program over there. I saw uh, it's tough with the head coach too. You bring in. You bring in again. That's you're bringing in a defensive guy for a team that needs an offensive punch. And I get it; they had a bad experience with Cliff, but everybody does. Surprise! You can't let that jade you. I I agree with you. Down on the Cardinals. My uh my big one, I think, is and this is this is a question for you: Who loses the AFC South? Are you are you Texans or are you Colts? Uh, Texans. And it stinks because they traded their first round pick this year for Will Anderson, who is awesome. But I don't know if you do that when you know you're going to be bad again next year. There's a real, real chance that the Arizona Cardinals have the first and second pick this year, which will be great content. But do the Arizona? Not sure that was the smart thing to Arizona do. Arizona Cardinals lose all lose, and they get the first round pick, <clears throat> and Caleb Williams, potential Heisman Trophy winner. Probably in just about anybody's right mind, number one pick in the draft this upcoming year. As an Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray coming off coming off a big time injury, are you are you taking Caleb Williams or are you you leaving him? Yeah, you can trade Kyler in his small hands to wherever for a third round pick. Who cares? You get you get Caleb, Caleb Williams. Williams. That that is all. It's a simple choice. Then you draft a lineman to go with him and or heck, I mean, I don't think USC has any dogs at receiver or anything. You you take you the you take the linemen to go protect them. Marvin Harrison, yeah, go go put those two together, together huh? huh? Let's do it. Oh man, yeah, I could uh, I can definitely definitely see that one. I all right, I will go 
I'm going to go stock a small stock up on this one. Very small. Smallest you could see. Taking the Los Angeles Rams. And I know last year was a tire fire. Complete disaster. Almost everybody wanted to retire. I'm well aware of the fact that it could very well happen again this year. However, if they can protect Stafford a little bit, you still have Cooper Cup there who's now healthy. You have Sean McVay who for whatever reason, decided he wanted to torture himself and do this again. And you still have arguably the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald. There's a world out there where they can bounce back. Do I think they will? I'm not sure. That's why it's the very smallest of stock ups. But I do think that there is some real upside there. They're like the, uh, they're a volatile compound. They could explode or they could blast off. We'll, we'll just have to find out. I, uh, I, uh, don't have very high expectations for the Rams this year. I think this this defense, even with Aaron Donald, is going to have a lot to lack. I think that they let up 200 rushing yards in week one of preseason and let uh, Aiden O'Connell throw for uh, three touchdowns last week. So I think that this uh, this Raiders or this uh, Rams defense is not something that's going to be looking too good this upcoming season. I think the offense. Oh, it's well it's well established that Aiden O'Connell's a yeah. guy though. We have to give him credit for that. I mean, that just that's just part of it. You're gonna give up you're gonna give up yards to a generational talent such as that. Him and uh him and Michael Mayer are gonna be Tom Brady and Gronk all over again. Come on. Reincarnated. Reincarnated. Oh man. All right. All right, let's do let's do one more little NFL topic I got. Yeah. We'll kind of end it on a bit of a sour note, but these preseason, these preseason injuries are tough to see. And, you know, I was watching, I had the Cowboy game on in the background on Saturday night, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, first defensive play of the game, DeMarvian overshone, hook him. Uh, been showing out in preseason, according to the reports, and, you know, goes to make a tackle, tears his ACL, out for the year, gone. Rookie tight end, been making an impression, fighting to make a roster spot. Goes, non-contact, knee injury across the middle. Gone. It's, I mean, what are we doing with these preseason games? I know that the owners want to make their money, but wouldn't you rather just see them? And I know the joint practices have had a bad rep, and we can touch on that. I mean, what are we doing with this? Can we not just treat it kind of college style and just – Good on good, iron shop and iron on your own. I mean, you get into you're a week before, a week and a half really before the season, two weeks, I guess. And we're trying to have joint practices and put up preseason games when everybody's just trying to make sure they get through camp healthy. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't sit right with me. I got I got it. I am all on board with getting rid of the preseason. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the preseason is a is a humongous waste of time. I think if you don't see everything you need to see in fall camp, then that player isn't going to play. I mean, it's it's simple as that. The Colts are out here making their decision after watching Anthony Richardson play, throw four total balls, one of them for an interception um, in a preseason game, and he does a joint practice the week after, and they said they don't need to see anything else. He's there, he's there day one, walking in, first game of the season starter. So I don't see how – 
him playing one drive in a preseason game and obviously not doing well is going to make a difference. You know, how are, how are these extra preseason games really, how do they matter? Cause they really, they don't. They don't. I, there's maybe there's 53 guys on a roster and you could argue that there's maybe one spot that's up for grabs going into this week, but you see enough tape in practice. These guys do enough during the week. Like, we're just wasting our time here. I'm just not a fan. Not at all. Well, I think that probably uh, probably wraps up NFL. Uh, you wanna you wanna kick into a to a quick little NCAA Week Zero run or? Yeah, let's let's talk about the uh, the quote unquote amateurs, shall we? So, Week Zero college football is this weekend, August the 26th. We've got, I believe, 11 games on the slate, so not a real huge slate. It's just kind of – it's the appetizer course. Yeah. You feel it's the the soup and salad. It's the it's the appetizer course, the charcuterie board of, of the college football season. So with that being said, we do have some marquee players getting started this week. Uh, we've got – in the first game of the year, we've got Notre Dame, who – national brand as you well know as a big irish guy as as the listeners will come to find out we've got Notre dame going across the pond to play navy over in ireland sam hartman um, come on. big time uh big sam time hartman transfer. big time transfer heisman, heisman watch heisman watchy he might be you know i'm a bit worried to see him without like at perry last year was outstanding for wake forest mm-hmm. and but you know, you get him to a culture like Notre Dame, and you get him on the big time stage. I'm excited for. I'm excited to see it. We won't probably see much against Navy, who them uh, themselves are going through transition. They fired our guy, Coach Ken. They fired him in his locker after the Army Navy game. It was a bit of a disgrace. Uh, not good for the Sea Troops there. Not a good look. But uh, and as we get into it, uh, you know, you'll come to find out. We love the troops here. We love the sea troops. We love the air troops, the air force, the army. But I don't think Navy will be too much of a challenge for Notre Dame across the pond. What do you think? I am Notre Dame plays Navy tough every single year, and it it scares me. Um, I'm I'm predicting probably Navy's going to come out in the same old Navy offense that all these all these uh, armed forces teams run. They're going to come out and run this this spread triple option look, um, which is which is the it's what you want to play in week 1. If you're Notre Dame, you want to play Navy in week 1 where you have all fall camp to prep for this this offense that you're never going to see again the rest of the year. And as an as for Notre Dame, you want to play Navy week 1 because that's going to be the rustiest they're going to be in that triple option. They're going to fumble the ball two times. I guarantee they fumble the ball two times on Saturday. It's going to it's going to happen. They're going to be rusty in that triple option. You just gotta pick yep. the ball up. You just gotta, gotta get, pick it gotta up. Gotta get some recoveries. Yep. I do know Navy's in the process of trying to kind of spread it out a little bit more. I don't know if you'll see them under center as much, but they will be still pretty heavy on that triple option concept. Um, the Vegas line for those who might be inclined, Notre Dame is favored by three touchdowns. Twenty and a half is the spread. Fifty and a half is the total. So do with that information what you will. But you know Vegas is predicting something like thirty six to thirty five fifteen thirty six fifteen something like that. So 
I'm interested to see it. I think Notre Dame will get tested a little bit deeper later in the year, but yeah, they, uh, might be a good barometer some, for Sam Sam Hartman to get started. It's gonna with. be a it's gonna be a good starting game. They have a they have a really tough tough schedule ahead. They got a really easy first three games. Um, get worried get worried week three uh, going into Ohio State week four to overlook a overlook a team that's you know last week last year we overlooked Marshall and they come out and kick the crap out of us. So you hate to, you hate to overlook a team there. Um, move on from there. You move into Clemson, I think week seven of the season and close out the, the year with, I think USC the week before um, the week before uh championship week, I believe. That'll be a fun one. We love that game love around that. here. Love the Notre Dame USC little rivalry game out in, uh, out in South Bend. So it's almost like you read my mind there with this transition because also playing week zero at seven o'clock central time as the Lord intended on the PAC 12 network is the USC Trojans hosting San Diego or San Jose state, the Spartans of San Jose state looks like USC is favored by 30 and a half points. Uh, we've got the total at 66 to 66 and a half. So little high-scoring game there. Obviously, it's well-chronicled. We've got Caleb Williams out there. We've got Lincoln Riley and their system in year two. Obviously, are very explosive offensively. But I think the thing with USC is, as has been with Lincoln Riley teams, he keeps carrying Alex Grinch around with him as his D coordinator, and they continue to allow 35 points a game. And a lot of people... If that changes, that'll be... They'll be a contending team, but... In the same line as the NFL, I gotta see it, and I have not seen it, so I'm I'm interested to see USC this year because the potential is there, but they've got a tough tough schedule out there in the Pac-12. It's the, and it's last what do you, what is what is your barometer out there? What are we thinking about the Trojans? I like I like USC. I think they're a probably a uh, first first team out of the playoff picture. I don't think they're uh, I don't think they get in. Um, personally, that's just my thought process. I think that there's going to be teams that are going to be better in, and I think Georgia, Georgia is going to be a team that's going to get in. Um, they're going to be a good team. They're probably, they're going to go to the, the SEC championship, whether they win that or not, they're still going to get in there. You're not going to keep it. You're not going to keep the SEC runner out, out, you know, no. um, I, I like Ohio state this year, but I've also heard a lot of talk about them being and looking like a really bad football team. Um, don't know what we're getting out of the quarterback no. play there. These guys aren't CJ Stroud. They're not Justin Fields. They might not even be Cardell Jones. So it's a big TBD there. Now they get Indiana week one, and we'll cross that bridge next week. Mm-hmm. But I got to see it there too. I'm worried about so, a, uh, a Clemson Tigers team led by their their new quarterback who ended up closing out the end of that season last year. Um. Cannot think of his name off the top of my head. Cade Klubnik. Club Klubnik is in business. Yeah, he's a he's a guy to watch. He is a guy to watch this year. He's kick and play. He's a, he's going to be a stud. Maybe a dark horse Heisman oh, yeah. guy. Absolutely. He's going to be a he's going to be a dude. That's for sure. I agree. Well, kind of transitioning real quick to a look ahead to the year. We'll hit this. I think we'll have to get Reed on. He's got. The Moneyline Masterclass podcast going these days, so we'll have to get a crossover pod here soon with uh, with Reed to get a full preview of the uh, the college football slate. But 
just a little kind of sneak peek to stock up, stop down. I don't have USC winning the Pac-12 this year. I do not. Who is your Who is your team? You think uh, You think Dion is going to shake up some Coach Prime, shaking up some stuff out in uh, out in the West? Respectfully, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am all aboard the Washington okay. Husky train. Michael Penix, you got Kalen DeBoer out there with the the pace and space offense. Great running back room. They're physical up front. They have the good. They have a great defensive line historically. They run around. Great home field. I am. I am on board the Washington Husky train okay. this year, which is scary. But I think it's them and USC in oh. the uh, the Pac-12 so game. So you're so. counting out is is. I think I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Bo Nix is back at Oregon. Is he not? Bo Nix is back, and he's getting a billboard in Dallas for whatever reason. I don't know why. He doesn't have a connection here, but he's getting a Heisman billboard on a skyscraper in Dallas. Are you, uh, are you counting out the Oregon Ducks early? What are you? I'm, I gotta see I like, it. I I do like Oregon. I just I can't get there with Bo. I think they'll be a solid nine win yeah. team. I think Oregon State will probably. I think Oregon State will give them a game this year. And I, I just think they'll pick up a couple of losses on the way. They're a solid program, though. A big team. Definitely feisty. A big team to worry about out in the Pac-12. And I know they're a team that's not talked about a lot. They're kind of pushed underneath the the likes of their big brother, USC. Um, but I like uh, the UL, uh, UCLA Bruins this year. Uh, Chip Kelly getting another year of recruiting underneath his belt. I believe this is going to be his – I believe he's getting his full – four years right now of recruiting this upcoming season. Finally getting the They've got a five-star quarterback coming in too, Dante Moore. I don't know if he's going to play right off the bat, but uh, UCLA is very under the radar this year. They could be – I don't know if they'll be great early in the year while they knock the rest off because DTR is gone. But I think I think you're on track there. I think UCLA is a, a real good dark horse team out Absolutely. there. Let's – uh. All right. What are your What are your thoughts? I know this is a uh, this is really early. It's an early uh, bid and call for this um, Heisman Trophy candidates. Do you have a You have a one or two guys in mind that you think are really your dudes this season? I'm sure Caleb Williams is probably up there. Um, uh, he's an obligatory answer. I know I'm gonna get the the odds pulled up here. Uh, I know he's the favorite. And it's deservingly so. I mean, he won it last year. He's he's done nothing to determine anything different this offseason. I uh um let's go let's go through the top few names here. We've got Jaden Daniels, quarterback out of LSU. Interesting name there, especially if LSU can go surprise people in the SEC West. Uh Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Again, another guy I gotta see it from. Same thing with Quinn Ewers from Texas. Got to see it. Last year was a bit of a, an abomination. He looked great against Bama. Gets hurt. I don't think he was the same ever since. Uh, Kate Klubnick is next in line. That would be the fifth highest favorite. That's a bit high for him, I believe. But my dark horse there along the same line is Michael Penix Jr. 16-1. to 1. I think he's – if Washington can sneak into that 11-win range – I think he's going to get to New York, and I think he's just as good a shot at anybody to go win it. So, I don't know. 
I think that it's a quarterback award and you'd be crazy to pick a non-quarterback as much as Marvin Harrison is probably the best player in college football. I think it's just the quarterback award. What do you think? I think that dark horse guy for me, I think it's really hard, especially if Georgia comes out and wins the uh, SEC. I think it's hard not to have Carson Beck as, as a candidate up there. Mm -hmm. I think that Stetson Bennett, was a dude and was a dude last year for them and the year before. And he just gets all this bad publicity still gets this bad publicity in the NFL. And I think Carson Beck, a guy that a lot of guys don't know about, not really much on him. He's not going to be 26 years old playing college football still. Um, I think he'll get, he'll get a good, a good, uh, a good look and a fair shake at it. If those Georgia Bulldogs come out and they're, they're as good as they have been. I agree. 20 to one is pretty good value there for him as well. So I'm right in line with you there. All right, let's do a quick little stock up, stock down on some teams this year. Um, I'll just run through mine real quick. We're going to stock up on Washington. As I mentioned, I love the Huskies. I love what Kalen DeBoer is doing out there. I am high on the Huskies. I'm also stock up on the Texas Longhorns. Me too. If it's not now, if it's not now, it's never happening. Yep. And I believe that they are talented enough. They have good depth. Their running back room, yes, they lost Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. But they have some talented, talented backs in there who haven't been worn lately because they've been behind the two best running back room and behind the arguably top three running back room in college the past few years. I'm high on Texas. I think Sark can get it done. And, uh, we'll go we'll go one stock down. Uh, just because I feel like I have to take one here. I'm a bit of a eternal, I don't know, pessimist, I guess you would say. Um, this might be a bit obvious. I'm taking Stanford. I Stanford might win two games this year. Interesting. They just, they just got rid of their longtime head coach, David Shaw. They're transitioning from the pro-style system into a more spread offense. They brought in Troy Taylor from Sacramento State, D2 guy who spreads it out. Real big RPO guy. So I, while I think they will be good in the long run, I think this year is a real, real building year. So I will take stock down on the trees, yeah. although I do love the Stanford Tree Twitter page. I'm uh, coming into – I know I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I know I am biased, and you guys are going to hate me for it. Uh, I'm going to go stock up on Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame, if they come out and win their s- schedule that they have – um, if they win out their schedule, there's no, there's no doubting them. I mean, they're, they're a team. They come out, they play Ohio state at home. I think that's huge, a huge game. They win, they beat Ohio state at home, move out, go play Clemson on the road, take out Clemson and play USC back at home. I think they win those three games that they're undoubtedly, um, probably going to end up in, in the national championship game. Do they play well in the playoffs? No. Do they play well in any big time game? Maybe once. Um, but I still have them. How much of that was Brian Kelly being oh, terrible God. though? We, we got a fresh slate here with Marcus Gosh. Freeman. Yeah. I'm, thank goodness. We're out of uh Brian Kelly and his single back offense. We like to spread the ball out. Okay. We don't like to run the ball every single play. Thanks, Brian. Um, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Uh, uh team that I'm going to say is I'm going stock down on this year is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They are going to be a bad football team this year. Are they going to finish in the 
they will finish in the bottom five in the Big 12. I would almost guarantee it. They are going to be in. Rough, rough-looking roster. Yeah. They lost Spencer Sanders to Ole Miss. They brought in a new defensive coordinator. Brandon, it's wholesale changes over there. I know Gundy, he's got some voodoo magic in him. Wouldn't surprise me if they beat OU this year in the last yeah. Bedlam game, but mm-hmm. I'm there with you. I've ar- I'm already financially invested in the Cowboys being being a pretty bad team this year, so Definitely. I'm right there with you. Well, good stuff there. We'll hit a more complete college football preview here probably next week as we get ready for a large week one slate, then an electric week two slate with Oregon traveling to Texas Tech. You got Texas going to Bama. Electric slate. So we'll get into that here shortly. But coming up, I've got to get on a soapbox. We've got to talk about the Little League World Series. That's next. All right, Chief. I've got I've got a rant. We we have hit August. As many of you know, this is football season, and that is not what I'm going to rant about today. What I'm going to rant about today is these twelve year olds who are on my my TV screen every day from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night, playing baseball on a cracker box field in Pennsylvania. That's right. I'm talking about the Little League World Series. What have we done as a society to where we're going to glorify these 12 and 13-year-olds for playing baseball? Like, you're 12 and 13. There's no reason for you to be playing on a little field that's 220 feet to the corners. Like, it's an abomination. 100%. They just hit pop flies and they go out some of there. Some of those kids are bigger than the me. The bases are – I mean, there are some of those kids. Did you see – there's a guy from Taipei who's like six foot one, 220 pounds. Apparently the kid's 13. Yeah. He throws eighty miles an hour. He gave the, uh, like, he gave the bench uh, the bench warmers uh, birth certificate. I am twelve. Yeah, straight up, I am twelve. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, and then the thing that really grinds my gears, and I'm sorry, this is truly just. An, I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I will die on this hill. You get the coaches out there; they're in their little polos, and I get it; they're sponsored. They've got to wear the the branded polos and whatnot. Then you send them out there in khakis, tucked in with a belt. Then they're out there talking to the kids like, now, now. So we're in this situation. We're down eight runs, but you just got to keep believing in yourself. It's like, give me a break, dude. You go out there, you go out there, and you put on this act for the camera because you want to try to glorify yourself. It's not about these kids. If there's no camera on, they're getting. They're getting the full treatment, if oh, you know yeah. what I mean. They're getting the, they're getting screamed at. They're getting yelled at. But yet, because we've got the camera on, we've got ESPN out there. We got announcers up in the booth. Get- We're gonna. All right, now we've just got to keep believing. I'm proud of you, but we've got to get some outs yeah. here. Uh, it's a, it's a disgrace. And then they bat the whole lineup. There are 18 kids on a roster, and they're all batting around. You know, you've got these stud kids who are only getting one at bat because they've got a bat little Johnny who's four foot eight and ninety seven pounds. It's a bit ridiculous. Like I I'm just out on the whole thing. This thing should be shoved on ESPN the Ocho. <laughs> we don't need this on on main ESPN. They were on ABC this I weekend. It's a disgrace. It's a and disgrace. From, what have we what are done? They throwing from forty foot is it forty foot mounds they're pitching from? It's like forty oh, feet. Gosh. And then from first base to home plate is like 60 feet. 
for reference, major league fields are 60 feet from the mound and 90 feet to first base. Like, it's a disgrace. These kids are 12 and 13 years old. You're playing on fields that are made for eight-year-olds who are playing coach pitch. Mm -hmm. We've got to elevate this thing a little bit. It's fine if you want to glorify the kids. I'm all for it. Probably Get Get them their 15 minutes of fame. You probably get some of those kids that play select ball year-round travel ball to move over and play more Little League baseball. If you move the mound back. Exactly. It'd be even more of a talent showcase. 100%. It shows who's – it separates the – it's not a good saying for this. It separates the men from the boys. A hundred percent. The creme de la creme, if yeah. you will. Like, it's just, it's not good. We as a society has fa- have fallen so far if we've fallen into the Little League trap. And, you know, one person at a time, I will stand up and take the heat for this one. Take it away. We've got to overhaul it. And I Look, if the, if the good people at Little League reach out to me, I will be happy to commissioner them. <laughs> And we'll, we'll lead literally back to prosperity, but this, this is not it. I'm out. Yeah. I, uh, I, I completely agree with you on this, uh, on this take. I just don't think the, uh, I don't think with how old those kids are and how big some of these kids are, they should be playing on such a, uh, such a small ball, uh, ballpark. And they're getting all excited when little Johnny hits his pop fly to dead center at two twenty five. I was like some of the, some of the softball fields in, in high school or that big, I mean, these not, not to, not to be offensive or anything, but I mean, the softballs are not, they don't go as far as a baseball does. And these kids are exactly kids aren't hitting BB core bats either. They're hitting drop 11s that freaking no. fly off the bat. Okay. It's, it's ludicrous. I mean, I would, there's so much to fix there. We, we'd need a whole podcast on it. Oh, so we'll just leave it there. It's a disgrace. All right. Thus ends the rant. Next, we've got odds and ends to round it out. Just a couple of things we've got to hit. Um, so I was listening to the, to the Ryan Rosillo podcast last week. I'm sure most of you have heard of him. Former ESPN. He did he did radio with uh, Scott Van Pelt. Legendary duo. They did it for years. And he's got his own podcast now with the Ringers, the Ryan Rosillo Show. And he does a thing at the end of the pod. It's called Life Advice. And people listen, listening to the pod, they'll send... Uh, the podcast and email with these live questions. And so then him, the producers, and at this time he had a guest, his name was Van Lathan. And uh, so they go through the, the live advice questions and they try to give them advice. You know, they, most of the time it's younger people kind of our age, you know, those who are impressionable listening to podcasts, sports podcasts at that. So it's very much like the, the 25 year old male going through some stuff kind of deal. Right. So, he did a whole life advice special this last week. It was, I think an hour and 10 minutes. And let me just say, I'll leave you with the topic of this last segment that he did. And I just want each of you to go listen to it yourself because I will not do it justice by explaining it. We'll just go with the, a European sex club. It was, I kid you not the best 15 minutes of radio I've listened to in my life. So go check that out. We, we might do a, a podcast report on it next week at some point, maybe in the dead of off season. We'll go. Uh, we might need a full debrief of those 15 minutes. It was truly spectacular. Oh man. And then uh, last thing on the agenda, we've got a, a little game that we're going to play and then, We'll blast these these teams out to see who we think is the winner of this draft. 
I believe you sent this over. I think it was from Bleacher Report. Oh. It was the biggest waste of talent in sports history. And so that got us thinking here at the GT Counter Podcast. We're going to draft our – each of us are going to draft our top five biggest wastes of talent in sports history. So here's what we got. I've got our coin flipper app pilled up here. And me and Grayson are going to draft our top five. I'll be heads. You'll be tails. Ready? Never fails. It's tails. I love it. You have the first pick, my friend. Nothing's made me. The wheel is yours. Go ahead. It's made me more excited. Um, and we will be writing these down and blasting these out, and we will have a winner declared. <laughs> so choose carefully. I think pick number one, I think there's no other person to go to um, than uh, Mr. Money Man himself. Johnny Manziel has got to be pick number one of this draft. His documentary just came out, and I've never seen someone with such unbelievable athleticism and plays so well against Alabama and these big stellar teams and never spend a minute watching film. This guy's a quarterback, doesn't spend a minute watching film, comes out and plays Alabama single-handedly by himself. So I think pick number one's got to be not a lack of talent, but a lack of uh, want to do anything other than uh, drink and do drugs, but the man Johnny Manziel. He's a true alpha. That was that was an incredible oh, documentary. Yeah. And then funny story. So my I guess my freshman year of college, before you got to Snoo. So it was I guess it was sometime in February. It was the dead zone, you feel. So we were I was going back I was going back to Texas to hang out with some friends and a few of my friends were at AM at the time. And I've never been to College Station before. I was like they said, hey, come on down. Manziel's doing a pop-up signing. We're all going. You should come with us. I was like, okay, fine. So I drive down there. We go to this pop-up signing. It's at Tex Ags, which is just a despicable place, but that's neither here nor there. And uh, so there's this line of people. And I kid you not, in this line of people, there was somebody there who wanted Johnny Manziel to sign a used toaster. A used toaster, not even in a box, just a used toaster. It was truly like the most college kid thing I've ever seen. So shout out to Johnny Manziel. That was that was a layup of number one pick. I love that. All right, so with Manziel off the board, going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to take someone who had his career robbed of him due to injuries and Jeff Fisher. We're going to take Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford coming out of Oklahoma was was a guy with AP. I mean, he was an incredible talent, but the injuries became too much. He got stuck with Jeff Fisher there in St. Louis. It was just not a good situation. I think in an alternate universe, Sam Bradford lives up to that potential. So I will go with Sam Bradford. Interesting. I like I like the Sam Bradford pick here. I have great quarterback. Um interesting little career that he did have um makes you he got in and out of the money chamber like he got in the phone booth with the money grabbed it all and got out he was not around for long but his agent should be in the hall of fame that was an incredible job by him i think uh i think moving into my to my second pick you got to take you got to take the guy that 
beat Sam Bradford in his uh, in a national championship, I think I'm going to have to go with Timmy Tebow. Um, oh, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. I mean, he's a guy kind of a kind of got a little bit of a shot at Denver, and I think that he. I mean, he played well, just never got got another look at it, another time to look back after that, and he kind of uh, faded out of the spotlight faster than he was uh, in it. You know. The the Demarius Thomas slant route will live in history oh, forever yeah. for the Denver fans. Oh, yeah. That's a good pick there. I think Tebow was definitely I mean, out of coming out of Florida, you had to expect so much more than oh, what 100%. we got out of him. You had to be a dude. Had to be a dude. But was uh was definitely not, unfortunately. All right. So with my second pick, leaving football here. Okay. We're taking Mike Trout. And this is truly based off of an organizational failure. Yes. Okay. Mike Trout has been in the big leagues for 10 years now, and he's had exactly one playoff appearance. The best player in baseball. One playoff appearance. The Angels have wasted him. They have not done anything to build around him. They haven't even marketed him all that well. I mean, it's just a disgrace. He deserves so much better. And they're probably going to lose Otani because they're doing the same thing with him. There's nobody who deserves good things less than the Los Angeles Angels. And the fact that they've had the two best generational players of their time and have not done jack crap with them, Mike Trout is number two for me. And it's not of anything on his fault other than he is a Los Angeles Angel. Interesting. I I like it. I like pick number two. I like that. uh, I like that take. I find it. I think it's a. it's really hard for uh, Angels fans to know that you guys got two guys that are absolute freaking dynamite players would be the number one anywhere else, hit or, hitting wise. Definitely the number one on almost any other team, um, and they still can't can't find their their way out. You know, it's what are they? They're they're last right now in the they're last right now in the division. Uh, if the Oakland A's don't count, which they're hardly a major league <laughs> team, but it's a disgrace. It, call it yeah. what it is. It's a disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, my friend. Number three. I'm going to move into number three with a guy that got himself uh, not only out of the limelight, but also got himself uh, cooped up in a in a jail cell. Uh, I'm going to step into the thing with Aaron Hernandez. And I know I'm going all, I know I'm going all football on you um, and documentary guys for some odd reason. By the way, can't wait for that uh, that Tim Tebow documentary. Swampians coming yeah, can't out. Wait for that. Uh, but yeah, the Aaron Hernandez man guy goes and wins a Super Bowl with the Patriots and just can't keep himself himself steered straight. So that's a that's a tough scene. What if I told you a pastor and a serial killer walked into a bar in Gainesville, Florida? <laughs> the same. That'd be two. That'd be your last two picks of the uh, biggest talent waste in sports. Yeah. <laughs> Good pick there, though. I can't. I can't agree yeah. more. Um, kind of stay on the same track a little bit. We're leaving Florida, though, so the Florida man will not be picked on this one. Number three, I'm going Antonio oh, Brown. Wow. The last few years of Antonio Brown have just been. It's not good. It's atrocious. And the kid, the dude still has athletic ability. His prime there with Big Ben, the three Bs in Pittsburgh. And he just kind of squandered it. He got the chance at redemption with Tom Brady. 
failed to do anything with it. I mean, obviously, there's the viral thing of him leaving the stadium in New York. Yeah. I mean, we could have had so much more there, and we just didn't because he's, he's just Antonio Brown. So we're going Antonio Brown purely because of his own self-sabotage. You know, I'm really upset that I didn't have him on my on my list. I can't believe I I squandered that. I can't believe I uh I'm gonna move into oh gosh, I'm I'm stuck between between three guys here. Um I think that I'm gonna have to go uh I think I'm gonna have to go Henry Ruggs. First round pick guy. Oh. And, I, and I mean as a Raiders fan, this one this one hurts. First round pick guy, really, really good, really, really bad draft for the Raiders as a whole that year. Um, Henry Ruggs and Damian Arnett, two guys that are absolute busts. Uh, both first round picks. Bad guys, too. Oh, bad guys. Uh, yeah, bad dudes. Uh, Henry Ruggs actually got uh, three to ten years in prison, so if he gets out in three, he might have his appearance back in the league. We will uh, soon not find out because it's not going to happen. But. <laughs> Free agency waits. Yeah, free agency does wait for the man. So what uh what pick do you have for pick number four? I gotta say I didn't have Henry Ruggs on there, but I agree with the pick. Um there's a lot of different directions I could go here. We could stick to football, we could venture into golf. Wow, okay. Um we're gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and early call this one. We're going to go Ben Simmons of the NBA. You know, he hasn't been the same since that fateful pass where he decided not to dunk on Trey Young's head and passed it to, you know, Al Horford, I think it was. And then he he missed a free throw and they didn't win game seven against Atlanta. He hasn't been the same. He's got the worst contract in basketball. He doesn't shoot. I mean, this guy was couldn't miss coming out of LSU. And he's just been, he's been feeble. He's been feeble in the NBA. And, you know, I think he needs to change the scenery out of the Northeast. I think he needs to go somewhere where he can just kind of work about his business quietly. And I hope it happens for him. I just don't see it. So I'm going to early call. We're putting him on the death panel. Ben Simmons as the biggest waste of talent. Number four on my board. I love it. I love it. I think uh, I totally uh, I totally agree with that. I used to remember love playing with uh, love playing with him when he first got into the league on two K. He was a dominant force at the point guard spot. I mean, you just you were just driving the lane all day and nobody could stop him. So, dude was huge. Oh, he was a he unit. A, Still is a unit. Gosh, you got me thinking I could go to basketball here, but I'm not. I'm not going to. Um, got one I spot know, left. I know. And I think that I have to go with um, the biggest regret in in uh, Raider football history. I mean, there's no there's no other pick I can go here. I'm going to have to go with the first round pick, Jamarcus Russell. Oh. The, the man <laughs> who couldn't stay away from the Twinkies and Brownies to keep weight to play football. And a guy that loved coding more than he loved watching film study. Um, just an absolute waste. Thought we were getting thought we were getting some guy who was gonna be the picture perfect quarterback. Um, 
really, really just not a good, not a good dude and a very, very squandered opportunity to get a big draft pick that year. Four of your five guys would be an outstanding time at a party. <laughs> and then there's Tim Tebow, who they go see for a confessional the next day. <laughs> hey, no doubt. Timmy T. All right. So your top five, just to recap, we've got Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez, Henry Ruggs, and Jamarcus Russell. That is a deep cut. I love it. That's a solid squad you've put together there. I had a couple more, uh, was, a couple more honorable mention guys. Uh, yeah, we'll hit a couple yeah. of honorable mentions here because I've still got a couple loaded yeah, in the clip too. I'll but let you. Uh, at my, at my number five, we this is a scorching hot take, and I'm not sure that I'm even ready to put this out there. But we got to do it for the content, and it's going to be. We'll call it as this person wasted their talent due to. Injuries, a bit of self-sabotage, and then just, you know, the weight of expectations. When you're trying to be the best ever at your thing yeah. and you don't get to be the best ever, I think that there's there's some ownership that has to be put there. And so with my number five spot on the biggest talent waste in sports history, we're taking Tiger Woods. I like it. In, in so, back injury. Obviously – the modern day goat, there's no disputing that. 2019, the Masters was one of the best sporting events of our lifetime. However, the man went from, you know, when he got his face beat in by a golf club from his ex wife on, uh, I believe it was Thanksgiving Day 2009. He went three years without winning a tournament when he was seemingly in the healthy and in the prime of his career. Just won the U.S. Open in 2008 on one leg. Goes three years without winning. Comes back in 2012. Has all sorts of back issues, but he still wins. Wins like three times. Wins like eight times in those yeah. two years. Then has more back issues. We basically don't see him from like 2016 to 2017. And then 2018 happens. And you think that like. Maybe we're getting the, the big cat revival here. Like I remember watching. I think it was the open that year. He had the lead on the back nine in the open. It was the year that Frankie Molinari won the open. I remember it vividly because I was, I was all in on the tiger comeback yeah. back then. And, uh, he loses that. Then at the PGA the next month, Brooks Kepka beats him, but it was just an epic, epic tournament. And then he wins the masters. And it's like, are we like for real doing this? Yeah. Are we, are we back? And then, it's like, I mean, he's old, but he's still that guy. Yeah. And so, you know, that 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 year and then COVID happens and then he nearly dies because he flipped a car mm-hmm. in L.A. I mean, we know his history with, with drugs and substance abuse. We know his history. I mean, he was a sex addict. But, I mean, as one of the all-time greats of the game, I'd argue that his prime was better than, than old Jack Nicholas's was. I still feel like we were left with a little something to be desired. So, number five on the list, Big Cat Tiger Woods. Big Cat Tiger Woods. I love it. I love the pick there. All right. Hit me with some honorable mentions you had. I, I want to I hear these real quick. I, I strictly went all uh, all football throughout my 
throughout my picks, but I'll give you uh, I'll give you two more here. Honorable mentions. I actually could probably give you one more in uh, in the NBA, um, but I'll give you Le'Veon Bell. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. give you Ryan Leaf, first round pick quarterback, <laughs> supposed to be as good as Peyton Manning, supposed to be that guy, absolute bust. And that was tough. And I might be speaking this one a little bit early, but um, Mr. Zion Williamson potentially uh, coming in there looking like he could be a waste of absolute talent as well. I'm glad you brought Mr. Williamson up. He is on my honorable mention list. He's it's it's tough. It's tough. You know, the weight problem, he can't put down the Ben and Jerry's. And then, I know, you know how apparently hard that he's is. a sex addict oh, too, God. which I've seen that. Yeah, that's it, bad. It's, that's a bad deal. Him and Mariah Mills. That's that's a tough thing to have floating around on, on Twitter. Twitter. So on Twitter is rough, huh? That's a that's a tough one. That's yeah. a tough one for our boy. But hopefully he's able to put the ice cream spoon down and get get oh, to work. Yeah. Uh, a couple more that I had. Um, I had Vince Young, who was also cursed by Jeff Fisher in Tennessee, I had which is I had tough. Vince Young on my list as well. And then one more that I had. Uh, NBA wise, Greg Oden, who was drafted before Kevin Durant, former former, he was drafted to Portland. I forget he played at Ohio State in college. I think he works there now as a coach, but was supposed to be one of the all time great big men of our time, and flamed out within five years. Just tough. Yeah. So that's the list. We're gonna get these posted and. See who puts together the best squad, and then we'll reconvene here at the next pod and see if we can't do another draft. Those yeah, are fun, absolutely. so we'll have to throw them in from, from time to time. So that'll do it for this episode of the GT Counter Podcast. We'll be back. When do you want to do this again? Do you want to try to get one in before week zero, or you want to wait until we can do recap Sunday night? Yeah, we can do a recap Sunday night, and then we'll have that posted for you Monday. And then next week we will get together a full college football preview with our guy Reed over at the Moneyline Masterclass who can throw together some best bets for the people for free here on the GT Hounder podcast. And then uh, we'll introduce our little uh, our little nuggy game just to keep the people entertained. So we'll put we'll put together some stakes for that. We'll uh, we'll get it all planned out. But look for that probably we'll record that probably next thursday depending on schedules for everybody and uh have that out to the people have that out for you guys on friday in time for week one of the college football season so exciting times here in the sports world that uh, we got playoff baseball around the corner as well so good times to be around here g you got anything else for me i think i'm all set i think i'm uh ready for this week zero of football coming up we're, we're excited i can't wait we're, we are ready to see it All right, that'll do it for us. For my guy, G, I'm Tyler. We'll see you next time around. Peace. Peace.